Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. All right, welcome in. It's another edition of The Early Line here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez as we continue to push along here in uh, some very unusual circumstances we find ourselves in as a country, as sports fans, as sports investors. And the good thing I can tell you, well, we've got two choices, really. We've got the choice of either uh, glass half full or glass half empty. And the NFL has kind of shown us a little something here that among all the craziness that's going on around us, uh, a nice diversion the NFL has been. But the NFL is continuing to push along as if it's business as usual. They, just like any other year it would be, we got the draft coming up in three weeks. That's still happening in time. Not a lot being canceled in the NFL. So when you look at that, Dane, the good thing about the NFL right now for a lot of us, glass half full, optimism that, uh, you know, things will get back to normal. Sports leagues will get back to being sports leagues. Games will happen. I truly believe that. There's, you know, worry about what you can control, not what you can't. And right now the NFL is telling all of us, guess what? Draft in a couple of weeks, right? We're still moving forward. We're going to go ahead. No games are canceled. No season is canceled. We plan on starting the league uh, right there. First games, guys. It's going to be happening end of August, beginning of September. So a sliver of some normalcy in very unnormal times here, Dane. And, you know, anytime you got Tom Brady in the headlines, and that's exactly what we've got here. Tom Brady in the headlines uh, once again this week, only... There were some questions. Uh, what was taking the deal so long in Tampa? Well, he's officially a Tampa Bay Buck, and if you're a Bucks fan, I would hold off on, on dropping all that money uh, that you're saving there on a future bet for Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. But at the same time, we'll take a look at that win total, and we'll break it down for you coming up and figure out maybe there's some value in the win total. But the Super Bowl, that's a whole nother animal, which, by the way, is going to be in Tampa next year, ironically <laughs> enough. But it's official, Dane. He is a Tampa Bay Buck. Tampa Bay, the fans should be excited. It's a good thing. It's a good thing for the NFL. It's a great thing for this country right now. And Tom Brady at 42, 43 years old, uh, you know, providing us a sense of normalcy and excitement, certainly if you're a Tampa Bay Buck fan. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, with the idea of the NFL conducting business, Joe, I've been saying it all week. The NFL on some levels, although you don't want to say anyone lucks out here, but the NFL kind of does luck out. Okay, because this free agency week, you know, this would have gotten many of the headlines, but it would have also been competing for the sports fan attention with, you know, March Madness going on, spring training going on, the, you know, the end of the NBA season going on, MLS starting to kick off. But all of those things going dark for the foreseeable future means that if you're a sports fan or a sports investor like Joe and I, this is the only game in town, so it gets even more focus, even more attention than it would. And I would imagine the same thing can be said for the run-up to the NFL draft late next month that will be happening, although it will not be a fashion show and an event for the public to come to. Now you talk about Tom Brady, Joe, and yes, we talked about it earlier. One of the things that may slow up some of these deals is getting physicals done, mm-hmm. right? People, these athletes are not traveling from city to city. Doctors right now have other priorities. And so getting the physicals done to dot the I's and cross the T's on a contract is going to be an interesting step as we move forward. But yes, Tom Brady, as it's official now, it is two years, $60 million, $30 million a year. Behind only right now, guys like Big Ben at 33 and a half, Jared Goff at 36. Dak Prescott now at 31 and a half and Russell Wilson at 31 million are the only guys that are going to have, in essence, a bigger cap hit to their team than Tom Brady with the Tampa Bay Bucks for the next couple of years. Joe, you talked about kind of the odds going out of control, Mm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let me tell you what our people over at FanDuel have right now. And Joe, let me ask you, does this Mind you of the Cleveland Browns of last year. That's what I'm going to ask you. First of all, the win total is eight and a half right now, Joe. Wow. 
The Tampa Bay Bucks won seven and nine last year. So I can understand if you think that Brady's an upgrade over Jameis, a little bit more careful with the ball. Eight and a half is their win total. Maybe they'll be above 500. Joe, this is a team that hasn't been above 500 in a long time. Has like the lowest winning percentage of all time. But if you want to get a little bit more uh, aggressive with it, to win the NFC South, everybody just wants to win their division, right? But don't forget about Drew Brees still in that division. Mm -hmm. Forget about the reloading Carolina Panthers. And of course... You know, you also have Matt Ryan, who just got himself uh, a new stud running back. But if you think the Tampa Bay Bucks are the choice in the NFC South, it's only plus 175. Joe, you're not going to get a ton of money. They're the second choice behind the Saints. You want to be even more aggressive? They're the third choice, Joe, to win the NFC. Wow. Third choice to win the NFC behind only the San Francisco 49ers and the New Orleans Saints at 8-1. to And then the coup de grace of it all, Joe, if you want to bet Tom Brady and the Bucs to win the Super Bowl, Joe, let let, let me, before I tell you the number, how many teams do you think have shorter odds than the Tampa Bay Bucs right now? Uh, I would say three or four. Yep. That's absolutely it. it. They are the fifth choice in the NFL. I already told you the two teams in the NFC ahead of them, right? The defending champ Niners and the New Orleans Saints, and then only Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are ahead of the Tampa Bay Bucks. okay? The Bucks are at 17-1, to 1, the fifth choice, ahead of Dallas, ahead of Philly, ahead of the New England Patriots, the Seahawks, and the like. Yep. They are at 17-1, to 1, the fifth choice in the NFL. So this runaway train is certainly happening. Yeah, Joe. and it's uh, it's going to continue to go, of course, as they uh, as they sign some players. Uh, and we already know the weapons that he's got, right? We know the trio of uh, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, uh, all good to go. Uh, you know, now the defensive side of the ball, uh, are they going to be able to make uh, the right moves there to give Todd Bowles an opportunity to shore up that Secondary, uh, Adamican Sue on the team last year remains a free agent, has not signed. There is some talk, of course, that he will uh, re-sign with the uh, with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Now we've also heard, of course, the phone is ringing off the hook, where the remaining free agents are like, "Hey, um, you know, we'd love to come to uh, to Tampa." So it's amazing that you know, 42 year old version of Tom Brady, right, going to be 43 this year is uh, is still moving the needle like we've never seen and the the truth is listen tom brady is not at 42 43 guys the, the writing is on the wall uh he yeah. is not going to be 33 year old tom brady it's just not going to happen and you know there's questions about arm strength what there's no question is of course of the ability above the shoulders to make the right decision right i will say this about the tampa bay bucks okay because I do believe Father Time will remain undefeated when this is all said and done. But Tampa Bay won seven games last year, guys, and their starting quarterback was responsible for 35 turnovers. 35, okay? Including the interceptions, fumbles, and everything yep. else. 35. They lost four one-score games in the, along the way with your quarterback turning That's- the ball over 35 times. If you cut that in half, yeah, just cut that in half. Over the all week. of a sudden, Over those four one-loss games, guys, let's say half might have been a win if Jameis doesn't turn the ball over 35 times. Yeah. So now you're looking at realistically, this should have been a 9-10 win team without Tom Brady. And turnovers are the death of teams, and we know this. And when your quarterback's responsible for 35, uh, you've got a problem. So that number hanging around eight and a half for a win total for the year, uh, to me, that's where the value lies. If you want to bet the bucks, if you want to back them up, the value is in the over win total because they won seven games last year. Quarterback was a, a turnover machine, Absolutely. and they lost four one-score games. You get half of those back, guys, and you, you st- there are games that they lost they should not have lost. Uh, there is an opportunity to better that seven wins at least two games. I, I mean, at the worst case scenario, two games with a smarter quarterback under center. So to me, my money 
is on the over with Tampa Bay this year with their win total. And I would jump on it now, Dane, because before maybe even before we're done talking here, it's going to go to nine, nine and a half when it's all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. Because the other thing you mentioned, right, Joe, is that players are coming out of the woodwork being like, I'll take a haircut, I'll take a discount, so now go play with Tampa. Yep. So when we talk about, Joe, how teams like win the offseason, right, and what that means, Tampa Bay is going to win this offseason. We are going to hear about a, a couple of, like, team-friendly deals that the Bucks start to sign with some of these free agents that are left, which is only going to make the public even think more and more about Tampa and that they're going to have a good year. That's why at the beginning I told it that it likened it to the Cleveland Browns of last year, right? The runaway train of hype. And I think that is what's going to happen with Tampa Bay. Joe, they're already the fifth choice to win the Super Bowl. They're already the third choice to win the NFC. So, I mean, you know it's going to keep going. What I will say, though, Joe, even with the turnovers last year, the Tampa Bay Bucks were a top five offense in the NFL. Right. My opinion, the problem, they need to spend whatever money they're going to or any of these players that want to come get down with Tom Brady, they need to stock up on the defensive side of the ball. Correct. Uh, they signed JPP. You talk about Indomitian and Sue. They drafted the kid. Um, what was it? Uh, Devin Bush or Devin White? Devin I always White. Yep. You, right? They need to add assets and playmakers to the defensive side of the ball. The Tampa Bay Bucks are stocked up on offense and now hopefully they have what i'm gonna call an elite game manager you know helping them score and be conservative i i love it i think there's some value there man i I really do given what we know about bruce Arians, and i think that's going to be another big question mark with tampa too you've got an interesting dynamic and i and i love the dynamic which is why it works for bruce Arians. you got the cranky old grandpa slash cranky old uncle you know, you've got the, the level-headed, quiet uh, guy in the family, the uncle in, in bowls that's kind of like the adult in the room. Uh, and then, of course, you've got the, the kid in, in Byron Leftwich, uh, you know, who's trying to emulate both the uncle and the, uh, and the, and the level-headed Todd Bolt. It's a very interesting dynamic in that locker room. Now you bring in Tom Brady. And to me, I think a lot of their success is going to ride on his ability to work with Byron Leftwich, guys, because this is new for Brady. I don't care how long he's been in the league, guys. He's been with one team. He's known one coach. He's known one system. And while he brings that system with him, there is no guarantee that, you know, kids in that locker room, players in that locker room who were eight years old idolizing Tom Brady, watching this guy as they were playing peewee football, now all of a sudden share a locker room with them. Tom Brady is intense. Uh, Tampa Bay doesn't necessarily uh, used to that kind of culture or that kind of situation. Not when you've had Jameis Winston there. You're talking about 180 degrees difference. So how he gets along and, you know, coexists with Byron Leftwich, who's making the plays, who's not, whose ego ain't going to get hurt, and how does everybody else in the locker room? The awe is going to happen early on, but that's going to wear off rather quickly if Tom Brady can't assimilate himself into that locker room with these younger players. It'll be interesting to see what happens. If all goes well, puppy dogs and rainbows, they're going to win at least nine games. But if if it takes them a little while to get used to each other, new system, new everything, you know, Josh McDaniel and Tom Brady, they knew what each other thought. They knew each other. They could finish each other's sentence. That's going to take a little while with uh, with a kid like Byron Leftwich as the OC now. Yeah, you know, and I actually think this plays out in two different ways, Joe. One, when you're talking about is like chemistry, relationship, team culture, and fit. And yes, that's true of all the reasons you mentioned. But Joe, this is also, from straight up X's and O's, going to be interesting to see how these styles mesh. Everybody knows Bruce Arians wants to go down the field, right, take his shots, and what we, what we also say last year, he doesn't usually leverage or utilize the tight end. That's why O.J. Howard was kind of such a bust in fantasy, even though people thought he was going to have a big year. Tom Brady, on the flip side, run and his system is different, right? He's at the line. He's reading the mail. He's seeing the mismatch, the checks with knees, the quick ins, the quick crossing routes, you know, with Julian Edelman and the like, and using and leaning heavily on the tight end. Those two things... I want to see how those things mesh. Will it be Brady bringing his style of play to Tampa, or will he have to, quote-unquote, learn a new football language, 
assimilate into a Bruce Arians and Byron Leftwich system. I think not only in the culture fit, but on the true X's and O's. It's going to be interesting to see how they merge styles. There was uh, also a story that came out here uh, about uh, a, uh, a better, uh, actually in, uh, in Jersey, in fact, in uh, DraftKings, that uh, was gone ahead and he's, he's cashed a few tickets this year. Number one, he also, he cashed early on last year with Lamar Jackson winning the MVP. Ah. He actually, uh, you know, 285K for picking Lamar before anybody else. Uh, yeah, which was, you know, kudos to him because prior to that game against Miami to open the season, you know, where he ran buck wild, there wasn't a whole lot of Lamar MVP love, especially the way he got dominated in the playoff game the year earlier against San Diego so or the Chargers at that time. Uh, so what does he do? Well, at the beginning of, uh, you know, last year, he drops in a 50 to one Tom Brady to the Bucks future odd. And wouldn't you know it that he also ends up cashing the Tom Brady, uh, you know, to end, by the way, he lives down here in South Florida. He's a, uh, he's a West Palm Beach guy and he, uh, he's just cashing. He would fly up before the season started in, uh, you know, early on, right after the season started, rather, he would fly up last March. He would go to DraftKings and FanDuel. He'd place his bets and he'd fly back down. Sure. And voila, wouldn't you know it, not only does he cash Lamar, he just went ahead. He's got to fly back up now, he said, and cash the Tom Brady to the Bucks thing. So, listen, I'd rather be lucky than good, Dane, any day of the week, and that kind of proves it. Yeah, absolutely. I always, when I hear stories like this, though, Joe, and forgive me, I'm a cynical New Yorker, you know, yeah, he bet Tom Brady to the Bucks. I wonder if he also bet Tom Brady to the Raiders or the Chargers. Yeah. You know, and we only hear about it. Maybe he's covering all his bases and one did hit. Good for him. I wonder what the out total outlay was yes. on future bet. Don't have that, shockingly enough, but it's a solid point. But when you're up 285 because you already won, you know, the Lamar Jackson bet, you can probably afford to hedge yourself a little bit, make yourself some uh, some bets around town. So uh, some good stuff. And there are people, listen, it, the Tom Brady conversation, has been going on for a while now as to where he was. Actually, over the last two years, really, the question was, where will Tom Brady land? And finally, we got our answer officially. It is the Tampa Bay Bucks. Kind of changes the whole dynamic of the South in the NFC. Changes the dynamic of that city, of that team. Free agency, the remaining guys. Lot to be determined here. And of course, uh, Tom Brady, not the only big name that uh, that made the headlines here this week. And it comes to free agency. A big running back, too, now will be wearing a new uniform. Boy, that didn't take long. We'll tell you the latest on Todd Gurley, too. If you haven't heard, Gurley will be on a new team next year or this season. The question is, what team is that and how much money is he making? Boy, that was a bad move for the Rams, too. We'll talk about that coming up here on The Grid. It is SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back in here to The Grid, SportsGrid.com. It's your only line. I'm Joe Ranieri alongside Dane Martinez as we uh, continue with the NFL as uh, it just will push forward as business as usual. There is uh, plenty going on here in free agency all week long. The dominoes have been falling. Some of the bigger names off the board, including most recently the official call of Tom Brady now going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And there are still plenty of questions out there for some of the remaining free agents. A couple of big names, certainly the quarterback position, Andy Dalton still available out there, veteran quarterback, as is, uh, of course, Jameis Winston now that Tom Brady has, uh, has come to Tampa. So it'll be interesting to see how that market unfolds, who goes where. Joe Flacco also now available as he was cut from the Broncos. Uh, at 35 years old, probably the end of his starting career in the NFL. But that doesn't mean he can't uh, hook up with a team there in a backup position. Uh, if he wants to continue to do so, he can certainly do that. Uh, but the other big uh, story, of course, uh, this free agency period was 
kind of expected, wasn't sure when it was going to happen, but it happened. Todd Gurley has uh, gone ahead. Uh, he was released from the Rams uh, just hours before his $10.5 million roster bonus would have been uh, secured there, but uh, they opted to move on from Todd Gurley. It didn't take long, it appears. The, Todd Gurley had said that he wanted, well, there were two places he really liked, Atlanta, and he loved Miami, and he loved the Dolphins. Uh, he's from the area, of course, uh, so he wanted to, yeah, that's where he said he wanted to go. So Gurley, former Georgia running back, ends up going home in uh, many aspects there as he signs with the Atlanta Falcons. So what is the latest on Gurley that we know? All right, so first of all, yes, he was cut yesterday. And, Joe, we got to talk about the Rams at some point because for months, Joe, we were saying that the financial walls were closing in on them, right? So they, they also released Clay Matthews yesterday. They also made it known that Brandon Cooks could be available via trade. So it looks like they're starting to realize, you know, that they're going to have to make some moves just to be kind of uh, – have the ability to go out and spend in other places. But they cut Todd Gurley, and then he turns around in less than a day, signing with the Atlanta Falcons. It's a one-year, $5 million deal. And like you just said, it makes sense. This is a former Georgia Bulldog. He liked the area. And remember, we heard earlier in the week that the Falcons went ahead and cut Devontae Freeman in a similar kind of move. You know, years ago, it was Freeman who signed a huge running back contract that all of a sudden didn't look so good a few years later. Now Todd Gurley signs a big deal. This was only a couple of years ago, Joe, when he was the offensive player of the year signing a huge deal. And then it's kind of a cautionary tale, right, about the running back position. Mm -hmm. He is in Atlanta. It is, like I said, a one-year, $5 million deal. And I got to tell you, he kind of lands in a decent place they had cut Freeman. There's a number of carries up for grabs. And now we see this. Teams want to kind of reconstitute what the Cowboys used to do with the triplets, right? Well, yep. you got Matt Ryan, former MVP. You got Julio Jones, who just got paid and by all accounts is one of the top three wide receivers in all of football. And if Todd Gurley can stay on the field and not chewed up and spit out, you have a, you know, you have a Pro Bowl caliber running back. So that's what Atlanta is going after it with. They lost Freeman, they lost Austin Hooper, they lost Vic Beasley, but they come on back and they're going to bring Todd Gurley into the fold yep. to augment that offense. Yeah, I mean, listen, it was <clears throat> the it certainly is a win for Todd Gurley in many aspects because guys, he he made you know he walked away with thirty five million dollars that the Rams ended up paying him for a couple of years. That kind of money is just not paid to running backs. It has never been kind of paid to running backs and the way the running back position has been devalued over the years. The fact that he even got that kind of money, Dane, uh, was ridiculous. Uh, and listen, the first year when, after he got it, he was very productive. And then, of course, after that is when the injuries started to come in. I also think a big part of Todd Gurley's issues with the Rams were mismanagement by Sean McVay, not really having a clear understanding of what or how to use them. And you know, Sean McVay, to me, way more questions than answers as a head coach now in the NFL moving forward. But I don't think there's any question to me that the mismanagement of Gurley in many situations added to the fundamental dysfunction of the Rams here post-Super Bowl. You know, they lost the Super Bowl, and obviously last year was a mess in a lot of ways. So Gurley gets out, gets $5 million, but really he, you know, a lot of running backs don't get that second contract right. right they get the first and then they they're washed up and they, and they go home so the fact that he did congratulations uh, he is without a doubt a winner he was unemployed all of 30 seconds there before atlanta swooped in but five million dollars that's a lot more along the lines of what we would expect running backs these days uh make no mistake about it though uh, Gurley's happy to be in atlanta atlanta's happy to get him and it'll be interesting to see how they utilize him there in atlanta moving forward yeah absolutely but you mentioned kind of the evolution of a running back deal mm. you know, and how they don't wind up getting that second contract. Todd Gurley is only 25 years old, Joe. Yeah. Okay, and we're talking about him like he's washed up. I think that's hysterical. I want to tell you something. I believe that there are two people here who truly need to pay attention to what just happened with Todd Gurley and the Rams. The first, my opinion, the biggest loser in all of this, Joe, is Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Okay, because the running back, it's supply and demand, right? 
So we went into this just a good two, three weeks ago. We were like, uh-oh, Melvin Gordon is going to be the prize yep. in free agency for a team. Then all of a sudden, you talk about the soybean market, Joe, all the time. The running back market had Devontae Freeman in it as well. Todd Gurley in it as well. So if you're a team like Atlanta, like Miami, I believe teams like Tampa, I believe teams like Seattle that may have been in the running back market, it's pure supply and demand. Todd Gurley now gets a one-year, $5 million rate. And if that's the going rate, Melvin Gordon is going to get far less than he thought when he decided to hold out with the Chargers yeah. last year. So Melvin Gordon, to me, is loser number one. The other cautionary tale, Joe, for me, is for Jerry Jones. Mm. If you think about it, what did we, you mentioned that the girly contract was ridiculous. That's the word you just said. I also know that you and I have both talked about the Jared Goff contract as yep. ridiculous, right? But guess what? What the Rams also did was set the market. They established the market. Yep. So now Dallas, with Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, they were following the blueprint of what the Los Angeles Rams did. And only a year or two later, we're calling it ridiculous. Okay, in the same way that we're talking about here in America, we got to see what Italy did and there we're 10 days behind them. The Cowboys are in essence a year or two behind what the Rams are doing. So this is a very cautionary tale. You're going to pay Dak. We don't know if he's a truly elite quarterback. You're going to pay a young running back in Zeke, who you think is obviously a stud for years to come. Well, the Falcons thought Freeman was. The Rams thought Gurley was. And look where they are now. For me, this is Melvin Gordon losing money by the day. And this is the Cowboys being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at the salary cap hell that the Rams are in. And we are now forced to kind of walk that same path. Poor Poor Gordon, man. This guy has just been, it's been one bad decision after the other. And I appreciate a guy that, you know, rolls the dice, bets on himself. And, uh, and I'll never take that away from him. But man, oh man, uh, he is not getting anything even remotely close to what the Chargers had offered him, which he stuck his nose up in the air at. And basing it upon Todd Gurley was probably a mistake from the start due to the fact that, listen, they couldn't trade Todd Gurley. That tells right. you how bad that contract was. They couldn't find a trade partner for Todd Gurley. The Rams were left with absolutely no choice but to release him. They've already paid him $34.5 million of that monstrosity uh, you know, contract. They may very well have to pay that $10.5 million if something comes back on that physical uh, that isn't good and he can't <laughs> sign with Atlanta. Listen, they, got, they signed him for five. If he can't play, he gets that $10.5 million back which means he will get that $45 million in guaranteed money that the, uh, the Rams signed it for. It's a laughable contract on so many levels for a position that does not get that kind of money. And now, unfortunately, Melvin Gordon is figuring out the hard way that he's losing a lot of money because, boy, they wanted to pay him, they wanted to pay him a, a very fair price, maybe even a little, some would say, overpay for Melvin Gordon to stay with the Chargers, but he was looking towards Gurley as the, uh, you know, as the benchmark and that he should have looked at Melvin Gordon and said, what, what, what would I be happy with, with playing instead of trying to play that market? Uh, Zeke is a different animal, different time. A lot of this is timing too. The timing was right for Todd Gurley and the Rams after three years, you're right. He's only 25. If he plays for Atlanta and destroys it, right. And just rips it up. He's going to get another contract, guys. That's going to be a lot more than $5 million. Uh, Zeke, at that time, what choice did the guy, you know, Zeke had the leverage. What choice did the Cowboys have in order to pay him? But, you know, Melvin Gordon, just the wrong team at the wrong time and just a, a bad decision. I don't know if it's his or his, or his agents. I, you know, somebody wasn't giving him great advice. I appreciate him betting on himself, but... You know, timing is everything in this world. And unfortunately, the timing could not have been any worse for Melvin Gordon. So let, let, let's look back on this a little bit, okay? First of all, Melvin Gordon held out, right, yeah. for like half the season last year. So he lost half of his game check, right, because he thought the market was going to be there for yeah. him, right? But then the market gets saturated. Freeman, Gurley, Todd Gurley just signed a one-year $5 million deal. Joe. The Chargers 
three weeks ago. Do you remember what Austin Eckler got? Yeah, yeah exactly. Eckler got four years, $24 million, Joe. That's six per year. Austin Eckler has a higher AAV right now in the market, given his timing and given what he did, than Todd Gurley is yep. making. And now, given where the contracts are, supply and demand, Melvin Gordon is going to line up to try to get a $5 million deal. Devontae Freeman's going to be happy to get that kind of money. Austin Eckler played the, played the market right, went to bat for his team, showed yep. what he can do, and got rewarded with a four-year contract. Melvin Gordon, you're right, bet on himself. I can't be mad at him. Nope. But, boy, did the timing work out bad for him. And he's going to wind up with far less than even Austin Eckler. Like you say, Joe, it's a marketplace, and he's just on the wrong side of the supply and demand. Yeah, just terrible timing. Gurley, it was good timing. Uh, Zeke, great timing. Right. Gordon, terrible timing. Just absolutely uh, awful. But listen, it's uh, he's going to be with a team. Uh, he's going to probably be on if he wants to play in a short-term deal, um, which is probably exactly what's going to happen. He'll play on a short-term deal and uh, kind of prove himself if he has a good year. Uh, we'll see where it goes from there. But right now, the market certainly has been set by a few guys, and it's it's not good news uh, for Melvin Gordon. But I do think he is a guy with enough ability that can he can open up the market. You know what I mean? He has the ability, another young guy, he's got the ability to set the market once again if he hooks up with the right team and can have the kind of year we think he's capable of having. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Plus, it's not that big a crop of running backs coming into the league this year uh, yeah. out of college. It's it's not what we've seen in years past. So he does have an opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, move forward. But he's got to hook up with somebody. I know a lot of teams. Miami would love to have him. Uh, you know what I mean? There's a bunch of teams, Dane, that would have more than happy to have Melvin Gordon running them uh, in the backfield. So, unfortunately... You know, I, I don't know that I would discount the Chargers at a, a discounted price if he wanted to stay there. Although, you know, listen, he's got nobody to blame but himself. They offered him a hell of a lot more money, and, and he turned his back to it. So, Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon were still a hell of a one-two combo if he yeah. wants to stay there. If not, I don't think it'll be hard for him to find a team. It's just, is he willing to play for the money they're going to offer, which is probably going to be, what, $5 million, four or $5 million? Gurley just got $5 million. Right, for one year. You talk about the short-term kind of prove it deal. Gordon turned down $10 million a year from the Chargers last year, and he's going to probably have to settle for something around half of that. We're getting reports. What I'm seeing, the, you know, yes, there will be teams that want Melvin Gordon services. The question is just at what price? <laughs> what is the market, right? Yeah. And, and here's the thing. If you can get a Todd Gurley for $5 million a year, why are you going to pay Melvin Gordon anything more than that? Right. You got Devontae Freeman, who's just cut. You know, so you, you, they just he has no leverage. That's what it comes down to. But I am hearing that the Miami Dolphins have interest yep. in him. There's reports coming out yesterday that the Buffalo Bills may have some interest in Melvin Gordon. Yep. I continue to talk about the Seattle Seahawks as a team that if they get a high-quality running back could be the final piece for a Russell Wilson-led offense, a run-heavy team. Yep. I think Seattle is interesting given the Chris Carson injuries, things of that nature. But the question is, what will the market be like for him? He'll land somewhere. Just he money. is. He yep. just won't get money he's expecting. Yep. It's uh, and again, it's unfortunate, but I don't ever fault a guy for blaming, uh, you know, betting on himself. Good for him, but uh, good guy. I hope he ends up uh, landing uh, on, and I'm sure he will because he's got that kind of talent. So uh, it's not over for. Uh, it's a hard pill to swallow, but you got to get back in there, man, and prove your value. It is. I mean, let's face it. It is a what have you done for me lately league, and that's just the reality of it. Um, we. Just to put it in context, the offer the Chargers had given him last year, guys, was $10 million a year. A year? $10 million a year. Um, yeah, he's not getting anything even half close to that. So, Girlie got five. Eckler, uh, six. Uh, uh, yeah. Yuck. Uh, but listen, we do have uh, – there are some other signings, too, that we'll, uh, we'll go over. Some of the um, – Lesser signings, but still impactful signings. I thought the uh, Colt McCoy signing by the New York Giants was interesting uh, as he stays in the NFC East, which I think is important uh, for the Giants to have a guy 
And Colt McCoy now is a veteran backup. I mean, that's exactly what he is. And I do think that having him uh, behind, uh, you know, uh, being the number two guy, being the guy that he's never going to have to look over his shoulder, Daniel Jones, but a guy that knows the league, knows the defenses. Uh, I, I like a smart signing, somebody that, uh, listen, we know it's Daniel Jones's team. Colt McCoy is serviceable. And knowing those defense, those defensive tendency, those players, I think is going to help Daniel Jones. Not a bad signing there, Dane. No, absolutely. You know, we talk about, you know, veterans that are needed on some teams to back up these, you know, young kids that are developing. Hold on to that, though, one second, because we got some news coming in. We'll hit it to you on the way back. Plus, we got more on the NFL free agency. We'll do that coming up next year. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back into the grid, sportsgrid.com. So when, uh, when we just spoke to you over there, we were talking about one of the, uh, one of the signings here this week in free agency, Colt McCoy going to the Giants as a backup. Uh, Dane, I, I love it. I, I think, it's, uh, I think it's, a, it's a smart signing. Veteran now, Colt McCoy, believe it or not, even though he looks 12. Uh, but a guy that's been in the NFC East for, from, for some years now, think it's a valuable piece of information or it can be a valuable source of information for Daniel Jones moving forward and he doesn't have to worry about looking over his shoulder. No, absolutely. You know, every team needs that kind of dependable veteran backup, not only for what they can do, you know, in the quarterback room, helping him develop, read defenses, understand schemes. But like you said, Daniel Jones won't feel necessarily the threat of Colt McCoy. And I think it's great that he stays in the division. So that familiarity is there. And there are plenty of guys like this in the league who have made a killing, you know, just being a basically a backup. The name Chase Daniel comes to mind. He was signed by the Detroit Lions earlier in free agency. So in this day and age, and last year during the season, Joe, remember I was tracking it with you. It was something like 18 of the 32 teams mm. needed to use their backup quarterback at some point in time. Multiple teams went through three quarterbacks during the season. So if you're going to be a contender, you're going to need to tap your backup quarterback at some point. You want to have a safe veteran there to, so it doesn't completely eviscerate your season's chances. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, not, a bad, uh, it's not a bad move. It really isn't. Uh, the, it'll be interesting to see how they've spent a lot of money, the Giants, uh, in free agency here across the board, kind of reshaping that defense, which was one of the worst. Uh, anytime you still have Saquon Barkley in the backfield there, uh, you are going to have some interesting weapons, offensive line, new coach, new regime. The Giants are going to be a very interesting case this year, Dane, to see <clears throat> as far as how that goes. We talked about the NFC East as a whole moving yeah. forward, uh, which I think is fascinating. And with Darius Slay going to Philadelphia, certainly a, uh, a team that I think should be considered the team to beat in that division. But there's still a lot of guys left and available here, Dane, that are on there. I mean, first of all, to me, let's talk about Andy Dalton for a second. Sure. This is a guy that is, I still think he's got something left in the tank. I really do. Another guy, I think a victim of circumstances there in Cincinnati. Uh, but I still think this is a guy, and he's proved it, that can absolutely He's a better option than what a lot of teams have on their roster right now. The question is, what team? I mean, where could you see a guy that AFC North his whole career, right? One of the tougher divisions, I think we can say, in his entire career there. A guy that has had some success. Where do you see him fitting in best moving forward? Who signs Andy Dalton? You want to know the truth? I actually believe that Andy Dalton is the backup quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, why? Like, you just talked about, Joe, the value of that veteran, right? The value of the veteran, what it means for the development of some of a young kid. And Andy Dalton, listen, he's been with Cincinnati for so long. What are the other landing spots, right? right. What other spots right now could he conceivably be a starter? I don't know. New England, maybe. Uh, the Chargers, maybe. You know, the Dolphins, no. You know, so I don't know that there's any spots left on the game of musical chairs right. for him to really be a starter anymore. I think Cam Newton will be the only, like, starter left to change teams. So if you're going to be a backup, 
Might as well be in a city that still likes you with the system you know, not having to move houses and things of that nature. I actually, if you ask me, put a gun to my head and say one team, I believe he's going to re-sign with the Cincinnati Bengals and, you know, compete with Joe Burrow. Yep. I, um, it's not a bad place to go. I, although it depends on his, does he still think, and again, I still think he is a guy. I mean, listen, you got Ryan Fitzpatrick playing, right? Yeah. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick leading a team. I do think there is a, you know, maybe a team in the in the crossroads or a team that, listen, doesn't have anybody on the team that now that is going wow, yeah, to wow anybody. Um, and then if you're going to be a backup, wouldn't you want to be a backup in a place where at least you'll play? Uh, I mean, or at least you'll have a chance of winning something, right, and being a part of a winning thing. I don't think it's out of the question for New England. Um, okay. I, you know, I think the same teams, believe it or not, that are would be a good fit for Andy Dalton, the same teams would be a good fit for Cam Newton for different reasons. But, you know, I think Cam Newton, New England would be great. You know what? Andy Dalton in New England would be exactly perfect there. A guy that they're not going to ask to do, you know, crazy amounts of things. They, they're going to out-scheme you. They're going to get the ball, get rid of the ball quick, you know. He is very resourceful. And when you go from the AFC North, right, to which is a smash mouth, great defenses, you know what I mean? You go from that division, there's a few other divisions that need some quarterbacks where it would be like night and day compared to the AFC North. Certainly weather-wise would be very interesting to watch too. But Cam Newton is also no market for Cam Newton right now. I'm shocked we haven't heard anything from there, but Cam Newton's, a bit of an oddball, you know. He's uh, he's a guy that's got fashion shows during the show, after the show, and again, you know, some the circus that comes with Cam Newton, and it is a bit of a circus. And I don't know how many teams are being like, you know what? Let's welcome that into the locker room, especially at the kind of money he's going to want. Yeah, that's fair. You know, when you talk about first of all with the Andy Dalton, I'll throw out two teams, okay, that may have an opening either for a quote-unquote veteran backup bridge or you can make the chance, the case that it could be kind of an open competition and he might have a chance to unseat a young kid. The first is in Denver, Joe. Are they really sold on Drew Locke? Right. Might they need someone to push him or just in case that goes off the rails? And, you know, they're a, middle, they're a 500 kind of team. They still have some defense. Denver could be a spot. The other place I think about is Minshew Mania. Joe, you know, like they're going to need a backup as well. They yep. shoot Nick Foles up to Chicago. I always thought that could be an interesting place for a guy like Joe Flacco. But if you want to take it even further, Gardner Minshew is a sixth-round pick. He was great for about six weeks. Yeah. But, you know, there's always the case that that goes off the rails as well. I believe Jacksonville and Denver will both be in the market for whether it's a guy like Andy Dalton or even someone – slightly below his level that can come on the cheap. So keep an eye out on those two spots. When you talk about Cam Newton, Joe, our friends over at FanDuel have put up odds. Mm -hmm. Will Cam Newton be in week one? These things have been changing already throughout the last couple of days. You know the teams we're talking about. Ironically, Jacksonville and Denver are on that list. New England is on that list as well. For one team that's there, that is now the big favorite, minus money, over on FanDuel, Joe. And we've talked about the familiarity, kind of getting your guys. Mm -hmm. The Washington football team. Yeah. Rivera, new head coach in Washington, right? We know, or at least I believe, they're going to be happy to have Chase Young fall in their lap at number two, giving, you know, Jack Del Rio there, the new defensive coordinator, a new toy to play with. They're okay on the defensive side of the ball. Interesting. And so right now, the Washington football team is minus 110 for Cam Newton's services. Next is Miami, 2-1, to one, New England at 9-2, to two, Jacksonville, 15-2, to two, mm -hmm. the Raiders, the Broncos, the Steelers, which is interesting. Interesting. Ben is still up in the air, right? So maybe that's a spot for a guy like Jameis to reclamate his career or Cam. And then the Cincinnati Bengals. Because mm. remember, Joe Burrow's there. We don't know if Andy Dalton's going to be there. They need a backup plan, too, potentially. Yeah, and it's uh, it, he's too big a name. He's too gifted of an athlete. But, again, I think a lot of the market here with Cam Newton is determined upon his ability to pass a physical. Uh, we just don't know how healthy he is. Guys, I can tell you right now, and, and Dane and I have been saying it forever, 
Uh, there isn't a single player, and I would even say running back in this, running back quarterbacks in the NFL in the last 10 years, there is nobody taking a bigger beating than Cam Newton. Absolutely nobody. And we're talking running backs, too. Nobody, had they, no team has done a worse job of protecting their asset, their franchise. Well, except for Indianapolis, who got Andrew Luck crushed uh, a million times, too, as well. Uh, you know, Indian and Carolina, very similar in that matter there, where they had two uh, extremely protect. gifted quarterbacks and could not protect them and then put them in positions to get crushed. I, you know, when you can't hand the ball off and you're expecting Cam Newton to run it in every time, it just, it was a nightmare. I would love to see him land with a team that understands the ability to be able to protect him and do those kinds of things. But all of this is going to be contingent upon him being able to be somewhat mobile still, because otherwise, Cam is not a great pocket passer. He's not a guy that's been accurate over his career. He is a guy that makes things happen because of his mobility, but at the same time, you know, being 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, and being able to run your linebackers over and outrun you, it, it's a gift. But at the same time, he needs to have some mobility with that foot, the Liz Frank injury last year. Until we know what his capabilities are or aren't, uh, if he comes back 100% healthy, let's say, uh, I do think there's going to be a market opening rather quickly for him. Yeah, if if that's a big if, if yeah. he's 100. percent This guy was an MVP only yeah. a few years ago. Took a team to yep. a Super Bowl only a few years ago. That's if correct. Healthy, yeah. Yep. If he's and that's a big if right now, guys. But the odds are, could I see him in? You know, could I see him in Washington with Ron Rivera? I absolutely could because they're both kind of in that mode. Listen, Ron Rivera's got a first year there in Washington with that owner. Probably important that he has a certain comfort level. Rivera is a defensive guy. Him and Del Rio, they're going to build that. I can promise you the Redskins are going to be one of the better defensive teams in the league next year. He kind of needs to put his faith in something in the offensive side that he has a comfort level with. It ain't Dwayne Haskins. It ain't Haskins, guys. It it ain't his guy. It wasn't Gruden's guy, Jay Gruden's guy. Uh, it really was the owner's guy, and and he was the one who wanted him. But, you know, a lot of people, jury's still out with that. And if you are Ron Rivera in the NFC, do you really want to go? Would you rather go into the season with, let's say, an 80% Cam Newton or a Dwayne Haskins who, quite I'll, honestly, might lose more games than he wins for him? I'll take Cam, absolutely. You know, Joe. For a while, we've been doing this show together. I have kind of been a fan of Cam. I think the hate has gone too far with right, him. Right. I think, listen, you talk about him getting banged up more than anybody else. He didn't even get unnecessary roughness calls yeah. you know, against him. This is a man, okay? I understand the fashion and some of his antics. Fine. On the field, this dude is doing what he needs to do. He was in a car accident, Joe, and then played that Sunday. I mean, yep. I, and Ron Rivera knows it, okay? So especially in this day and age where we, with the new CBA, may have less practices, right? Yep. Less preseason games. All the more to go with what you are familiar with. Someone you know can implement your scheme and hit the ground running. One of the knocks on Haskins last year was his ability to kind of like digest the playbook and yep. stuff. Yep. I don't know. I don't know if that's, you know, valid or not. There's a lot of news around that. But one thing he knows, and that's Ron Rivera, is that Cam can run his system because he's been doing it for years. I think they're deserving favorites at minus 110 for Cam's services. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think those are the two big names that are still uh, out there, certainly from a quarterback uh, position here, where I think a lot for Cam's going to depend upon health and we can't get that answer of course until uh until we can get some buildings open to some doctors uh to be able to uh to see him but his camp letting everyone know good to go i mean rehab ready to go he is he's feel better he did for the most part take most of last year off so he is uh as healthy as he's been in a while and that says something so it'll be interesting to see what does new england do and i do think Keep in mind the draft three weeks away here, guys, three, four weeks away. Um, right. A lot will be determined there, too, depending. Because this is a very, you know, you've got five quarterbacks at the top of the draft board here for teams who need them. It'll be interesting to see how they all fall and who they fall to. 
Uh, but there are some quarterbacks that are going to be available in round one or round two here, more so than we've had in a while. Uh, and I think wherever that lands, if Cam Newton is still out there, if uh, Andy Dalton is still out there, then I think that's when the market will heat up in them guys. I don't think there's any, I don't think there's any rush uh, for either of these guys just yet. They will be there, and they'll probably get them at a really good price. But I think a lot depends on what happens with the draft. And listen, there's still a lot of questions at the top of this draft with who, what, where, and how with you know Joe Burrow. And then you still got to ask yourself, am I better with a rookie? Or am I better with uh, winning some games here with a Cam Newton or an Andy Dalton? It's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out in the draft, too. Yeah, don't forget Jameis Winston yes. is a guy. Yep. In, you know, it depends. Like, what kind of quarterback do you want? And then we can even go lower, Joe. Like, there's another tier of quarterbacks that are out there. Like, Josh Rosen, for example. Like, well, this guy can't catch a break. You got to think Miami's going to draft a quarterback. They have Fitzpatrick. Right, as that veteran, does that mean Rosen for the second year in a row might be on the move? And you know what? I know we only got a minute or two left, but I want to end this on a on a on a happy note. You know another quarterback that's out there mm-hmm. that I think is gonna get a job, Joe? PJ Walker, mm-hmm. the VP of the XFL. <laughs> yep. Okay, this guy showed, in my opinion, he was probably gonna be the MVP, showed that maybe he deserves a look. Wasn't that the whole point of the XFL and the AAF anyway? Wouldn't it be a great story if P.J. Walker got a look? And there is reports right now, okay, coming out that there are a few teams that are interested in in, in P.J. Walker. I'm hearing the Seahawks are interested, yep. particularly as a backup to Russell Wilson. The Broncos, we've talked about this as maybe a low-risk option if Drew Locke is not the man. And what about this? The Arizona Cardinals, Joe, because wouldn't he fit just like Kyla Murray in that Cliff Kingsbury system? You said Sean McVay is not the genius anymore. Maybe uh, it's Kingsbury in that division, and P.J. Walker could be a fit. There's other names besides Jameis, Andy, and Cam, and we'll start to see that. You're right. After the draft, we'll still see where the where the open chairs are in this merry-go-round. Yeah, and the draft uh, will be here before we know it, guys. And uh, of course, we'll start uh, breaking down some of the uh, some of the needs for these teams uh, next week. We'll start uh, taking a look at uh, who's available and, and when. And obviously, uh, there won't be a whole lot of pre-visit type of situations there, but. I am fairly certain that most of these teams uh, have a pretty good idea of of their needs and who they are. So I would not worry too much about that. I would worry, of course, that uh, your team, whoever that may be, uh, does the right thing with their draft assets there. And uh, and who's going to be that team to make a move? There's plenty coming up, guys. Of course, we've got you covered here on The Grid, sportsgrid.com. He is Dane Martinez. I am Joe Ranieri. Stay safe. Make sure you come back and join us uh, again here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com.